The Bible Study Podcast, episode 623. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study of the book of Nehemiah with Nehemiah chapter 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. This is your host, Chris Christensen. This is going to be another one of those chapters that has a lot of names before we move on and move the plot along, but we're going to start building the wall. You may remember that last chapter, Nehemiah came to Jerusalem, and in secret at night, he went around to see what needed work, and then he brought to the people the plan to rebuild the wall, and they started the work. And this is who's doing what, builders of the wall. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zachor, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hasanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Meramoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, son of Meshezebel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bana, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. The Jeshanah gate was repaired by Joyada, son of Paseah, and Meshalam, son of Basodia. They laid its beams and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. Next to them, repairs were made by the men of Gibeon and Mizpah. Miltia and Gibeon and Jadon of Maranoth, places under authority of the governor of Trans-Euphrates. Uziel, son of Horiah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section, and Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Raphiah, son of Hur, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. Adjoining this, Jediah, son of Harumoth, made repairs opposite his house, and Hattush, son of Hashabeniah, made repairs next to him. Malkijah, son of Harim, and Hashub, son of Pahath Moab, repaired another section of the towers of the ovens. Shalun, son of Halohesh, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. The valley gate was repaired by Hanun and the residents of Zanoah. They rebuilt it and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. They also repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. The dung gate was repaired by Malkijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarem. He rebuilt it and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. The foundation gate was repaired by Shalun, son of Kol Jose, ruler of the district of Mizpah. He rebuilt it, roofing over it and putting its doors and bolts and bars in place. He also repaired the wall of the pool of Siloam by the king's garden as far as the steps going down from the city of David. Beyond him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, ruler of a half-district of Bethzur, made repairs up to a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool and the houses of the heroes. 
Next to him, the repairs were made by the Levites under Rehum, son of Bani. Beside him, Hashabiah, ruler of the half-district of Kaliah, carried out repairs for his district. Next to him, the repairs were made by their fellow Levites under Benui, son of Hanadad, ruler of the other half-district of Kila. Next to him, Ezra, son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section from a point facing the ascent to the armory as far as the angle of the wall. Next to him, Baruch, son of Zabai, zealously repaired another section from the angle to the entrance of the house of Elashib, the high priest. Next to him, Meramoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakoz, repaired another section from the entrance of Eliashib's house to the end of it. The repairs next to him were made by the priests from the surrounding region. Beyond them, Benjamin and Hashub made repairs in front of their house, and next to them, Azariah, son of Maseah, the son of Ananiah, made repairs beside his house. Next to him, Benui, son of Hanadad, repaired another section from Azariah's house to the angle and the corner, and Palal, son of Uzziah, worked opposite the angle and the tower projecting from the upper palace near the court of the guard. Next to him, Padiah, son of Parosh, and the temple servants living on the hill of Ophel made repairs up to a point opposite the water gate toward the east and the projecting tower. Next to them, the men of Tokoa repaired another section from the great projecting tower to the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, the priests made repair each in front of his own house. Next to them, Zadok, son of Immer, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, the guard at the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section. Next to them, Meshalum, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. Next to him, Malkijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repair as far as the house of the temple servants and the merchants opposite the inspection gate, and as far as the room above the corner, and between the rooms above the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs. So that's a lot of names, but there's some things that we can discern from this. One of the things is they have a plan. So they've taken the map of Jerusalem and they've already mapped out all the walls, or Nehemiah rather mapped out all the walls and what needed repairs and which gates needed to be rebuilt. And you'll notice that every time they mentioned a gate, we're resetting the doors and the bars and the bolts because all the gates have been torn off. They're probably sitting there someplace. Some of them may need to be replaced because they've been burned, but they're rebuilding and putting these back in place. But they had this plan. And so we know it's been written down here, but I'm pretty sure it was written down at the time. Okay, you, um, Azariah, you're going to go from here to here, and you, Benui, you're going to go from here to here. They probably volunteered for what sections they wanted because so many people are repairing right in front of their house, right? So they divided this up in a way that made sense, first of all. And probably people had some say in this. At least the plan made sense where I just have to walk across the street and I can help repair this. Now, in many places, it named just one person who's repairing this section of the wall. They are probably heading the family or whatever, because you'll notice some sections are the people of the town of this, and some sections are this person. So this person is probably not the only person there. You wouldn't have just one person trying to repair a whole section of the wall, especially with the size of the stones and such. So that is probably the person in charge of that. 
So that's the first thing you would notice. The second thing is it's all happening at once. There's this amazing fury of activities. Now remember, they have been back in Jerusalem now a whole generation. They've gone through a number of different kings in Persia during this time. The work has been held up because there were rumors that they were going to rebel against things way back years ago. And But when Nehemiah gets there, the work starts at this furious pace where everybody's working on everything. So we see the value of the leadership of Nehemiah in this because they could have started this work 40 years ago. They could have started this work last year. They could have started this work last week. And suddenly they go from not making any visible progress from what we were being told. The gates are still torn off. I mean, that would be one of the things you would start with to everybody's working on everything everywhere. And it really does show us the value of a vision and the value of leadership. Because Nehemiah comes back with this determination that we're going to do something and this is what we're going to do. And the people respond to that. The people respond to leadership. There's apparently been a lacking in leadership that has not moved this progress forward. The other thing that is interesting to note is it doesn't say, you know, Shadun, the wall builder, is doing this section, and so and so, as book the wall builder, is doing this, or so and so, the mason, is doing this. We've got goldsmiths, we've got priests. We've got a whole section of people who were involved in this great effort outside their normal skill set, outside of and in addition to what they normally do. So they're making perfume during the day and they're building the wall later in the afternoon or whatever time they're doing it. They're building the wall during the day and making their gold at night or whatever they're still doing to make a living. This is a great work in the sense that so many people are doing it, and they're doing this as a community. And one of the other things that's interesting about this is it shows how much an enabled and led community with a vision can accomplish in a relatively short period of time. And it makes me wonder what leadership we need, what vision we need, and what great work we might have to accomplish. Oh, and the other thing that was interesting was uh, a couple of things. One is apparently they're nobles. Now, you and I have been going through some of the Old Testament histories, and you may have noticed that there is no time where God sets up nobility in Israel and says, you are more important to me than you are. So that's clearly something that they did. I'm related to King David, and therefore I'm a nobility. Okay, well, maybe. But then we get this section here that so-and-so, you know, we don't really want to work for you because we're nobles. What that really says is we don't really want to work for you because we're better than you. And notice that (laughs) I love the fact that 2,500 years later, that got written down. You know, we remember what you said, basically, and how you think you're all that. Um, and that is not necessarily the way I want to be remembered, and that's probably not the way you want to be remembered. But that is part of this story. Versus, for instance, Baruch, the son of Zebai, who zealously repaired another section of the wall. He didn't just repair the section. This is somebody who jumped all in it, and that also is remembered 
2,500 years later. What will we be remembered for? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.